0: You're listening to Market Boldly, an award-winning podcast for executives, brand managers, branch managers, marketing directors, and sales managers in distribution who want to build their brand, stimulate sales, and drive profits. And now, here's your host, marketing consultant, trainer, speaker, and columnist, Katrina Olson.
1: Hello, and welcome to Market Boldly. For this podcast, I had two guests, April Braun from Warner Electric of Cottage Grove, Minnesota, and Scott Lepsky from the F.D. Lawrence Electric Company of Cincinnati, Ohio. It turns out they each had so much insight to share. I decided to produce two approximately 22-minute episodes. In part one, April and Scott discuss the challenges and opportunities of marketing for an electrical distributor. In part two, April, Scott, and I talk about the hands-on issues, like how marketing builds value and supports the sales effort what the future holds, why they love their jobs, and why more people should consider working in electrical distribution. Now on to part one. April Braun is a graduate of the University of Minnesota Carlson School of Management, where she earned a bachelor's degree in marketing. She worked at 3M while attending college, then after graduation held various sales and marketing roles with Ford Motor Company. Following that, she worked for Ingersoll Rand in various positions involving product development and management, strategic planning, and marketing. In March 2017, April started her director of marketing position with Werner Electric of Minnesota. Welcome, April, and thanks for joining me on Market Boldly. Thanks, Katrina. So excited to be here. My other guest today is Scott Levski, marketing manager for the F.D. Lawrence Electric Company of Cincinnati. Scott earned a bachelor's degree in business administration with concentrations in marketing and management and a communications minor. Wow, Scott. He's been in electrical distribution for 25 years and with F.D. Lawrence for 19 of those. Prior to becoming a marketing manager, Scott was an account manager and a branch manager. In his spare time, he serves on a number of city boards and commissions with local trade organizations and with several community organizations. So welcome, Scott, and thank you too for joining us today.
2: Glad to be with you today, Katrina.
1: So I thought it might be fun, uh, especially for those who are new to electrical distribution or who are in electrical distribution, but maybe not in marketing, to talk about some of the unique challenges marketers face in this industry. Um, So April, I'm going to start with you since you're a relative newcomer to the industry. How is marketing for an electrical distributor different than working at say Ingersoll Rand which was temperature control systems, HVAC and energy services?
3: Yeah, thanks Katrina. I would say the business model between being at a manufacturer, a large global publicly held company as opposed to a distributor which is going to be more regional, smaller and private in nature. Um, just sets itself up to be quite different in the marketing itself Uh, is much broader at a distributor level as opposed to you're more specialized at a manufacturer. So for instance, I have a lot of variety. My team manages events and um, various things that are customer facing all the way up to helping build digital strategy and business strategies. And so that level of variety, you're not gonna get at a larger manufacturer level, but at Mm -hmm. the distributor level, you can touch so much in any given week or even day. So that's a lot of fun and then the speed of which things happen is much faster than it would be at a at a manufacturer where there's just a lot of people a lot of hierarchy and so at a distributor you can take something from ideation all the way to implementation in a much accelerated time frame and so you get to see the fruits of your labor happen quicker. And that's a lot of fun. You also get to test things in that space because Mm -hmm. you can impact quicker to learn from it and maybe fix it as you go forward. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece that I think would really make the difference is this line of sight to the customer. So clearly being within the sales channel at a distributor level, you have the capability of being able to reach them more directly than when you're with a larger company. And so having that ability To be with customers more frequently and to talk with them directly, I think just really makes you a a better marketer.
1: Yeah, I agree, April. I really like working with businesses and in industries like this where you can actually talk to the customers and see that you're making a difference with what you do. I mean, if you need to do market research or customer research, you just walk down to the counter, and ask, you know, catch a few customers and ask them some questions. And your salespeople know who they are, too. Um, of course, the scary part of that, the flip side is that it's easy to tell when something's not working. But like you said, you just adapt and change and tweak and make it better. So I think that's a really good point. Um, Scott, you are more of a veteran of electrical distribution. Um, You've been in the industry for, I'm gonna say a couple decades.
2: (laughs) That's uh, safe.
1: (laughs) What are some of the challenges you face as a marketer in electrical distribution?
2: Currently, I find the biggest challenge to be coordinating and prioritizing all of the different marketing and messaging. So if you consider that Mm -hmm. we work with well over 100 different manufacturer partners, Mm -hmm. each one of those has a variety of core products, new product introductions, They have a dedicated marketing program, multiple marketing promotions throughout the year. On top of that, you have multiple layers of product and marketing communication from these manufacturers. You get factory emails, webcasts, distributor portals, different ways to access the information. Mm -hmm. The manufacturer representatives have specific priorities. You layer on top of that our internal incentives and initiatives. Increasing our online presence, various sales incentives, marketing program initiatives with, uh, with some of the key manufacturers, targeted customer events. And then if you throw on top of that still, programs and partnerships, for example, iMark, our national marketing network. All of those different moving parts need direction to be effective, to be coordinated, and there are so many different layers to this that at times it uh, it can be quite a challenge to make sure that all of those pieces are moving uh, toward a common goal for us, for our customers, and for our manufacturer partners.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of moving parts, a lot of puzzle pieces, and it's hard to to come up with a cohesive message or brand for your company. I know a lot of uh, distributors struggle with that. It is a challenge, and keeping track of that is even, I think, more difficult. So April, when um, you came to electrical distribution, was there anything that surprised you compared to what you'd been doing in the past?
3: Yeah, I would say uh, the most surprising piece is the relationship part as it relates to the customer buying journey. It's not Mm -hmm. that the relationship wasn't critical at the manufacturing level, but as Scott spoke to the complexity and the various manufacturers and manufacturer reps, and then the customer relationships, there's just a lot of nuance in knowing people and some of the connectivity between all of the moving pieces or people. You know, Mm -hmm. that can be challenging uh, as you start to uh, build out what you want your customer experience to look like and you can't lose sight of that very critical personal relationship that our organizations have built with manufacturers and uh, their reps as well as the customer and so making sure that you're keeping that intact um, is maybe something that's different than what i'm used to
1: yeah and i think that speaks to what you said earlier about this being more of a direct line of sight to the customer but then you've also got manufacturers reps and you're talking with Um, Your buying group, your marketing group. So you're right, there are a lot of different relationships that you need to maintain. And uh, I think in this industry, it is a relationship industry. And I think that's one of its beautiful advantages over some other competitors who may sneak in. I'm writing an article um, right now, actually, Scott, based on the discussion we had in our marketing planning class about Amazon. So that's going to, I'm going to send you a draft, but that's going (laughs) to turn up sometime soon. But a lot of it is about relationship. So, Scott, how about you? Are there any aspects of your job or this industry that still surprise you? You've been doing this for a while. You've been in electrical distribution for a while, maybe not so long in the marketing, but is there anything that still surprises you?
2: Well, the one thing that consistently surprises me with all the talk of big data, with all of the talk of technology, both within the workplace and within the products that uh, that we're seeing, uh, mm-hmm. is uh, is our dependence on paper
1: hmm, whether it's brochures,
2: catalogs um, I still get requests from customers can you fax this information to me? <laughs> I got
1: one of those the other day I was like what, what? <laughs>
2: precisely it's uh, it, it I still find it amazing that we're so reliant on that when the, when the technology is so handy. That said, I know a few folks who have bookmarks dog ears notes in uh, in catalogs that are 10 years old Wow. And it's such critical information to what they do day in and day out. While I understand the need for it, it still just strikes me as such a contrast to the technology that we seem to be incorporating in everything else.
1: You know, I think that's partly driven by, their, by your, I should say, customer base, don't you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think part of it is customer habit. Part of it is customer location. Yeah. Uh, for example, we have customers come into the counter with bills of material, lists of things they need for the job site. Written mm-hmm. on uh, an old cardboard box or a two by four, so you <laughs> on use a two by four. exactly so a two by four
1: with a list on it. Yes,
2: with a uh, with sharpie marker. But I you love use it. you use what you have to get the job done, and I, That's I right. certainly understand it. But it's centering with my uh, as you pointed out, decades of experience in this. It <laughs> uh, it, uh, it it kind of takes me back to uh, to a time when. We were all flipping through catalogs and using yeah. goldenrod sheets and yellow books and blue books for pricing. <laughs> yeah. We've come quite a way.
1: It's kind of hard to stick that 2x4 in a file folder, though, isn't it? It's a you challenge. Got, got to cut it up into little pieces. <laughs> Okay. Scott, thanks a lot. So the next question, and Scott, this is for you, and then we'll, we'll tag April in. We don't want to, you know, throw shade as my daughters, as all of our daughters, <laughs> as we discovered, would say. Um, but what do you think we as an industry are good at in terms of marketing, and what could we improve upon?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, the one thing that, uh, that the marketers in the electrical industry do better than almost anybody is feature highlights and benefits of product. There are labor saving calculations, there's extended product of life information, there's increased communications as, uh, as we just talked about with the technology that's being driven into the product. Across the board at almost every level, that's one thing that marketers in this industry excel at. Where we could use some help, where we're kind of dipping our toes in the water, is a lot of the things that we've talked about in a couple of different courses and classes is Getting our arms around the, the data available, how to process it, how to use it effectively and efficiently, and how to use it in a manner that's, that's helpful to our customers, that helps them get the information they need when they need it, that helps them be more productive and profitable. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's our goal. If our customers are productive and profitable, then we win as well.
1: Yeah, and there's so much we can do there, like you said, and we're all still learning. I'm going to a digital marketing workshop in Denver in April, and I'm planning to learn... Even more, I mean, we all continue to learn. But yeah, what if we could go to our customers and say, hey, we noticed that you keep ordering this product. Did you know there was a product that you can replace that with that will save you time and money or uh, you know, labor or whatever? Um, or we call it cross-selling, but from our customer's perspective, you know, maybe a complimentary product, again, that could maybe save them time, money, effort, labor, whatever.
2: Precisely. I mean, I, that was yeah. one thing that was noted at a, at a recent trade show was oh. 10 years ago, all of the new product was LED this or communications mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and everything out this year was uh, was focused on getting the uh, getting the contractor off the job site quicker oh interesting whether it's a, a stab in uh, mc connector something to help you drive ground rods quicker mm-hmm. without having to climb up on a ladder mm-hmm. uh, test and measurement everything's aimed now at being uh, quicker on the job saving man hours
1: and we need to ex- that to them or somehow communicate that to them better I think. Okay April what about you? You want to add your perspective about what we're as an industry collectively doing well and what we could do better? i
3: have to say i can't argue with anything that scott had mentioned as far as really just understanding the customer and using data and being more effective in our approach to communicate effectively Uh, with that you know in my relatively short time i think we just have this great foundation to work from so we work for organizations whose top priority Mm -hmm. is delivering customer value because we've had to that's been our model Mm -hmm. we provide service and value around both the product and the features that Scott had mentioned, um, but in addition to uh, making sure that we're pointing out for them how we can help them in their jobs. And I I think that really is a great starting point for a marketer. Uh, What a great place to have as a foundation that you can deliver this excellent customer value. Now, I do think that lends us a runway for opportunity for growth and and really redefining what marketing is. And it's content marketing like we just talked about, which is transitioning from a feature benefit story to how we can give the customer an advantage in their business, right? Really Mm -hmm. matching to their outcomes as a a business. And I think redefining marketing so that marketing can be seen as a strategic partner, right? Helping to influence and drive the business as opposed to just being an output of it. I know you mentioned earlier, distributors may have a difficult time being able to articulate what their value is Mm -hmm. and what they do well. The truth of the matter is we do a lot of stuff really well. Mm -hmm. We go above and beyond for our customers every day. So being able to articulate that and communicating it effectively, I think that is where we have a significant amount of opportunity. And I think as we elevate marketing, that's really going to help us uh, be more effective as a distributor
1: Yeah, I have that conversation or I write about it or I talk about it with someone almost, I'd say almost every week about elevating the discipline of marketing and making people realize and sometimes making our bosses realize, our presidents, our CEOs, that it is a strategic management function, which I'm sure is why you signed up for my marketing planning class, as did Scott. But I think we have to prove it proven in a number of ways by showing them a marketing plan, by showing them metrics, and showing them that we met our goals and that we increased sales or whatever. And I think it's especially important as we start facing some more competition from companies like, and I know it's a dirty word, but Amazon, you know, they are, they're going after our business. Um, and as you said, we need to put even more emphasis on those things we do really well, you know, the relationships and the solving problems and the consulting. Um, Let's talk about that for a minute. So, April, how do you think we should address threats like Amazon to sort of stave off this competition or make sure we maintain our market share?
3: So as an industry, Katrina, I think we need to be more open to marketing uh, in a more modern way by investing in talent and technology at a pace we've never seen before. Um, That's really where we've started is to make sure that we're bringing in the right Uh, folks with marketing background, even if they aren't part of our industry, and marrying that to technology that can make us more productive and efficient. As Scott mentioned, we're all balancing the age-old, we still need paper of everything, Mm -hmm. while at the same time there's some digital pressures that really are, are forcing our hand as we compete with Amazon's and online resources that our customers are accessing every day. And so we have to be open uh, to understanding that some of that marketing talent may not be alive and well within our walls today. Yeah. And that means that they're not gonna know the details of the products. They're not gonna know every inch of the business, but they have to be brought in with their marketing talent to help the businesses progress in going up against competitors like Amazon. Because our differentiator is the value that we provide and that is not what Amazon and others can do. Absolutely. We have yeah. to be able to effectively communicate it and really be able to articulate it to our customers and really be capable of doing modern marketing.
1: Yeah, April, I think that's a really good point. Another option, and I'm a big fan of education, another option is just to get smart on these new technologies. And I know that we're all busy um, and it's hard to take time away, but I still take courses myself. I mentioned I'm going to a digital workshop, two-day digital workshop in a few months. Um, There are so many ways and there's so much free information available online if you want to learn about, you know, content marketing or Email marketing or marketing automation or better using your CRM system. Um, of course, as you said, there's also um, hiring talent, bringing in freelancers, consultants, other specialists, hiring people, you know, maybe hiring somebody just out of college because they just learned about all of this, you know, and they can apply it directly to our businesses. And it never hurts to take a refresher course now and then, even if you did learn some of that. I'd, I'd venture to say a lot of us who are doing this now didn't learn about digital technology. I mean, even when I was teaching, um, a few years ago, we weren't heavy into digital technology. Some departments were, but as you know, sort of a marketing, advertising, communications department, we were just getting into it. And this was that was just a few years ago. I think it's important to educate yourself, even if it's a sort of an overview education, like the marketing planning masterclass that you were in and Scott's taking now, and just sending yourself to workshops, taking courses online, going to Lynda.com or whatever, and learning.
2: Well, if you don't mind, I'll uh, jump right in on the uh, on the Amazon issue. Just a quick comment. Yeah, please do. Um, April was uh, was right on with her point about establishing the various add-ons that uh, that the distribution channel brings to the customer. Currently, Amazon doesn't have, and I don't expect that they will any time in the near future product experts to go out on site and do site drawing takeoffs to conduct training classes in a job trailer or during monthly safety training that the contractors usually have.
1: Good point, yeah. So
2: in addition to all of the training and the expertise that we as distributors need to make sure that we're bringing in-house, we need to also make sure that we're leveraging that as a tool for our customers Mm -hmm. because that's the one thing, as April mentioned earlier, relationships that I think is the key differentiator.
1: You're right. That's going to come out in this article I'm working on where I quote you and several other people from our class. But yeah, it is relationship business. It always has been. I believe it always will be. And that's, as you said, I think that's our biggest benefit. And that means a whole lot of things. It means, like you said, training, um, consulting, uh, introducing new solutions, providing new sort of packaged services that can help them, and then having the experts you know, to help them. I think that's something Amazon will never be able to do. So I want to switch gears a little bit um, to talk about your day-to-day challenges. And I know this is something you both face, uh, is your role as both a strategist and a tactician, meaning you're responsible for promoting the company brand, planning and thinking ahead, but you're also there to support the sales staff day-to-day and that can be more reactionary. How do you balance those two big roles and responsibilities? And I'm gonna start with Scott on this one.
2: Well, that's, that's certainly a challenge because we're such a sales-driven industry. You have to pull back and see the big picture, and that's the strategy and the planning, and then you zoom in and prioritize the activities that actually help you achieve those specific goals for either a product line, a customer base, a, uh, a vertical market segment. Some of those activities may have to fall by the wayside if they don't support the strategic goals. Yeah. But the challenge is to take the broad view and jump back in to take the narrow specific view focused on the results that, that you want to drive.
1: And it can be hard to let go of some of those activities and tactics that we've been doing for a while. Uh, April, I'm sure you have similar challenges at Werner Electric and it's, it's not anyone's fault. It's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the business, you know, as a sales driven industry, because sales is the name of the game. So April, how do you deal with those opposing demands on your time and energy?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's just, it's a balance. Uh, I think one of the first questions I answered was the value of having variety at the distributor. Uh, and so you got to really balance that variety with some of the tactics that you have to do every day while tying it to a strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, with my team, uh, I use the phrase of we aren't a drive up marketing window. um, And we don't want to create one-and-done activities. So the tactics still exist, and they need to to keep the business moving. I think it's really our job as marketers to find a way to tie them to a larger integrated marketing plan and a subsequent strategy. Mm -hmm. While I agree with Scott that you do have to step back and have that bigger picture and then drill down sometimes to the tactics, in the nature of our business, sometimes you don't have that luxury. But what I would say is that you can take the tactics and try to tie them to more tactics so that you build an integrated plan Mm -hmm. and make sure it's tied to the strategic goals of the business. Otherwise, sometimes I question if we should be doing them, right? right? And so really finding um, not only the balance, but then stretching your brain, right? And making sure that the tactics that you're doing, you can get more impact or more bang for your buck because all of a sudden one piece of literature may need to be tied to a subsequent video Mm -hmm. that then could be tied to uh, digital content on your website. And maybe you can take a piece of that, put it in your social media efforts. And so while the tactic itself may be something that the business needs, we need to be thinking wider and adding more impact to that one individual tactic and really driving integration. So again, we're not a drive up window. We don't uh, just fill these one and done, hey, give me some fries with that. It's what are we trying to achieve? What do you want to accomplish? Who are you trying to reach? And let's put together a really good plan that's made up of multiple tactics, but then in the end, build something that has more impact.
1: Yeah. You know, and this is a comment on the tactical aspects, but you know, I think we were all raised to not plagiarize and not copy, you know, that's uh, how we learned. And so I think we feel a little guilty when we take something and repurpose it or repackage it, you know, or retarget it to a different, but it's okay now, you know, (laughs) especially if you wrote it and you developed it. And I think that's something when I'm, when I'm looking at helping companies with content marketing or doing my own content marketing like this, I should probably take this podcast and turn it into an article, you know, and just like in in our class, Scott, as we were talking about Amazon and we did a competitive analysis of Amazon as as a key competitor, and as I was writing notes, I'm like, wow, this would be a good article, and it will be. But, you know, I think we forget that that's okay now. We can repurpose, repackage, reuse, you know, content, and we need to because the demand for content is huge, and we just can't produce it fast enough. Well, if
2: you find something that works and is successful you build on it and make it better and more applicable for your mm-hmm. next project your next marketing effort there's no need to reinvent the wheel
1: exactly katrina that is a major differentiator between
3: us and other online resources that are there just to sell the widget mm-hmm. we actually have the expertise in-house where you're not going to see the amazons of the world writing an article around why energy efficiency is important or what we need to do to make sure that exactly. our, our plants stay safe and the people in them stay safe and the machines stay safe yeah i think that there's just um there's a a lot that we can do uh, in as far as content and it's being smart about it because we won't be able to keep up with it that right. you have to almost um, build stuff that can be repurposed mm-hmm. just for
1: pure efficiencies. Yep, and a lot of those pieces become sales support materials that exactly. they can use in different settings. And speaking of sales support, um, Scott, I'll ask you to go first because, again, this is something you and I have talked about. How do you support the sales team? Well, as they say on the TV news, we're going to leave it there and pick up the discussion next month on Market Boldly with guests April Braun from Warner Electric of Cottage Grove, Minnesota, and Scott Lubsky from the F.D. Lawrence Electric Company of Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio. Tune in the first week of April when we'll discuss how marketing can support sales, what projects April and Scott have in the works, the future of marketing and what these marketers enjoy about working in electrical distribution. Until next time, I'm Katrina Olson encouraging you to market boldly.
0: You've been listening to the award-winning podcast Market Boldly with marketing consultant, writer, and host Katrina Olson. If you need help with marketing, planning and strategy, writing, content development or qualitative research, or if your organization needs a trainer or speaker for a meeting or conference, visit katrinaolson.com for more information. Find this and future episodes of Market Boldly on Katrina's website at katrinaolson.com or subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Market Boldly.